It's Alaska's. It's Alaska's. It's Alaska's last frontier. But remixed. <laughs> it's a so what. It's a so what. It's a so what. Who cares? Did you like that? It was something. <laughs> well, there's a reason why we're doing that intro today. Tell him, Sage. Uh, this week, uh, I think it's going to be my favorite episode yet. Wilderness stories. Oh, yeah. Kaylee's brilliant idea. I love it. Oh, by the way, hi, Kaylee. Oh, hi, Sage. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, third cousins, best friends at the same time. Yeah. So this week's theme is wilderness. My favorite episode yet. I bet you it's going to be. I bet you anything. It's going to be a good one. We've got some crazy, all different types of stories, really. So good. This is a topic that's like kind of near and dear to my heart a little bit. Okay, mine is so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> okay, you go first. Okay, so my fucked up fact of the week is probably my favorite fact. It replaces the star fact because that was like kind of like my middle school favorite fact. <laughs> so this is my fact. The inventor of the Frisbee Ooh. was cremated okay. and made into a Frisbee. Stop. <laughs> After he died. Now, let me give you a little explanation. By the way, I get all my facts off the fact site. Hashtag the fact site. Well, the fact site.com. gov. Walter <laughs> Frederick Morrison invented the Frisbee in 1948, which was originally called the Pluto Plata. The fucking Pluto Plata. Okay, okay. In 2000. Yep. Little Pluto. Pl- looks like a little planet. God bless. Do you ever think about Pluto and it makes you sad? Yeah, it still does make me sad. That should have been my questionable question at the end. In 2010, at age 90, he died and his family cremated him and turned his ashes into the Frisbee, the Pluto Plata. The Pluto Plata. Pluto Plata. That's my fucked up fact for you. All right. So I did a nature fact. Oh, love it. A coyote can hear a mouse moving under a foot of snow. I know. I love that. Yeah, that's cool. Anyways, get out. Pick your poison. Oh, God. And I have to pick one this week. Pick a fucking good Ooh. one. Ooh. Kaylee. Would you rather experience the pain of childbirth every time you poop? Or have a fat, bald man appear out of nowhere and hit on you every time you sneeze? Stop it. No. <laughs> no. Well, I've been getting all those sugar daddies in my Instagram lately, guys. Oh, my God. You Big have. old gubby guys. If anybody wants to um, be my like, sugar daddy. This is like 2400 a week, 2000 And then I'm like. I'm just kidding. I'm a boyfriend. I can't do that. I can't I, do that. I'm, excuse me. I'm single and I wouldn't do that. Oh, you wouldn't? No. Okay. And then I had the footboy guy. I have bad morals. Like, do, you, do you like footboys? Remember that guy? I can't. Guys, look up footboy. So which one would you rather do? Which one would you rather do? I'd rather have a fat, bald man appear out of nowhere and hit on you every time you sneeze. Yeah, just every time I sneeze. Yeah, you just well, don't sneeze. Yeah. Like, that's kind of creepy, though, because yeah, you I could don't be wanna, in your I bed. I don't want to even experience childbirth to begin but Kaylee, with. Kaylee, now think about this. Asshole. You could be in your bed, sleeping, getting cozy at night, and then, oh, my God, all of a sudden a sneeze comes over, and then all of a sudden you hear your door open, and then a little <laughs> footsteps come up the stairs, and then this Sage, little fat you just man. stop describing that, that right now as you're you pointing out? to the areas in my room? <laughs> yes, it creeps me out. I live that fear every night. Oh, I literally think. I, the, well, I don't worry. This is just a game. The stairs creak. The wood stairs creak. Okay? It freaks me the fuck out. It, no, I'm, I can't even think about it right now. It's giving me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> no, like literally. I, I, That's scary. I have stuff next to my bed in case of emergency. But then I think like the only people that would really know where I am would had to have been in my house before. Right. Because I feel like 
they wouldn't know the layout of my room well, or my house. Well, it's just a random bald man. And by the time they got to where I was, I would definitely be prepared. Like, they'd have to come up and around. I wish that they didn't say bald. Well, you know what? It gives you a visual, Mr. It's Clean. It's pretty fucking scary. Okay, so. Oh, can I get a snack break now? We just did our Pick Your Poison. That was fast. Yep, we can get a snack break. This episode brought to you by Graphics by Cassidy Cole. For all of your logos, designs, and needs for your new business, Cassidy Cole will make your dreams come true. So for the upcoming episodes, we're looking for certain topics. I mean, you can definitely send us whatever the fuck you want. It's probably going to fit somewhere. But, you know, it's back to school season. Why not like a fucked up boarding school story or something that happened to you that was embarrassing at school? Like something like school related. Also, we got a really good UFO story, Kaylee. Yes. And so I and we have a couple. And so we just need a couple to just smooch that episode and complete Mm -hmm. it. So definitely UFO stories. Kaylee, anything else you want to add to that? Anything really, you know. Yeah, whatever you guys got, send them in. Yep. Yeah. It could be you know literally us. anything. Pretty much every story someone sent in to us, I'm like, okay, Fits we'll be somewhere. using this yeah. somewhere. Some people send in like multiple stories. So, or they will be like different topics, but they'll have three or four stories. So yep. people are doing a lot. People are writing long ones, short ones. We get all different things. Did you throw up strawberries on the playground in first grade like me? Well, tell us all about it. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, guys. So before we do get into our stories, I do want to mention something that is uh, rather sad. I have a friend I have known since I was five. And this being a wilderness theme episode, I just wanted to mention this. Two days ago, while he was mountain biking, like he always loved to do, he suffered a serious spinal cord injury during a bike crash. There is a GoFundMe page for medical bills and other things that he will need help with to recover. If you would like to donate, we are going to post a GoFundMe page for you to do so. Thank you. Now on to our stories. Okay. So, Kaylee, last night, I got some fucking stories. Oh, let's hear them. From good old Jimmy, Jimmy Mack, my father, who is a retired game warden in the state of New Hampshire. And so I was like, well, he has good stories. Little did I know my dad is, uh, he's he's hoarding them for a reason. And I was like, all right, I, I'll see you. I'll save a couple. I'll But tell me some that you wouldn't mind me sharing. So, Kaylee, are you fucking ready? So, also, on top of that, my dad also did search and rescue, and a lot of the fucked up stories, or, like, funny stories, like, there's there's a funny one I'm going to say, but the rest of them, like, are kind of, they're too personal, too graphic, and I just, I'm not going to share those. Mm-hmm. But I will share one search and rescue story, which is um, the story of a lost hiker, Okay, and this okay. was right around the age, this is what my dad told me last night, right around the age of cell phones coming out. So he's lost on Mount Monadnock. Oh, right by Keene. Yes, yes. And he, so he calls into dispatch, and he's like, I need to speak to your lieutenant. And he tells him, okay, so I'm on Mount Monadnock. I'm lost. I can't find the trail, blah, 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 blah. He goes, but I think you guys are going to be able to find me. So if, so look outside, and you know, he goes out, he looks outside. Can you see the Big Dipper? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I can see the big dipper. And he goes, okay, now look at the last star on the handle. I'm directly under the last star of the handle. As if, like, they were going to be, like, able to, like, navigate the stars in the sky. Like, there's a million people under the last star. (laughs) No, there's probably billions of people. You know what I mean? So that was a funny one, but that wasn't, like, the funniest one. The next one is a little more graphic. 
but definitely fucking hilarious. Probably the funniest story. My dad like was cracking up the whole time. He was cooking steamers. We were having oh, steamers yeah. and corn last nice. night for dinner. And and garden tomatoes and heirloom tomatoes. It was like so classic. And uh, half and half iced tea homemade. So it was very classic night for storytelling. Okay, I like it. So he's cooking the, the steam. Yeah, setting the mood, right? And he's like, all right, I got a good one. He goes, so I'm up hunting. I'm up in Springfield. This is when my parents used to live up north. And he's like, I'm hunting with Grandpa and Uncle Howard. Kaylee oh, and I, yeah, our yeah, Uncle yeah. Howard. And he's like, I get a call. This is when he was a game warden. He's like, I get a call. It's in Lebanon. So it was Lebanon police that called him, okay? And so he's like, I go up there. They tell me, we just found something and we just need you to come up. So he's like, all right, I'll be right there. Because that was his like patrol area. Yeah. So what they find, they shine their lights in. There's a truck parked in a, in a parking lot, uh, abandoned. It's late at night. And it's, it has Kentucky plates. And there's a cap on the back. So, you know, like sometimes people sleep in there. And so they shine the lights in, and there's a dead bloated deer oh, on one side, what? a man sleeping, and another dead bloated deer. The guy was cuddling up and sleeping with dead bloated roadkill that he picked up on the side of the road, deer, and sorry, this is the graphic part. Having sex with the deer. No. Um, my dad, I think he said, like, they arrested him, and then they eventually, like, brought him to the border of New Hampshire and Vermont, and they were like, bye, do not come back. Because he's from Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Guys, wait. my mouth has been dropped that whole time. Um, like, yeah. What? Yeah. I can't. That's fucking disgusting. Oh, yeah. And then the third one is kind of uh, a little bit later after the this is a hunting story okay um so one time my dad and my brother were out hunting on this property that um they really are the only ones that hunt at it there might be one other guy but there's he's never really there so my dad goes down in and he never goes this way and it's down like deep in the woods and they find a dodge neon in the woods okay they notice that there's a man in the dodge neon okay and it's my brother and he's he's young at this point and my dad notices, and my dad hates people that litter. It's like his number one thing. Okay. He's like, he hates people that litter, so don't fucking litter. I get that. Um, it's he loves our oceans. Um, so, and he loves our environment. So cheers to him. So he sees that there's litter everywhere and there's a man in Dodge Neon. So he walks over to the Dodge Neon, come to find out it's a kid that I went to school with who was a year older than me, kind of like a local scumbag. I don't mind saying this on the pod. He's a scumbag. <laughs> and my dad notices that he's fucking jerking it Ooh. in the Dodge Neon. Ooh, and he is pissed. And not only is there litter, but there's human shit everywhere. Human shit. This kid was living in his Dodge Neon. Mind you, doesn't live that far from where he fucking was. And my dad like pulls him out of the car and is like, pick up your fucking shit and get out of here. You're on private property. Like, get the fuck out. And like there was beer cans and like trash and just everything you can imagine everywhere and now my brother's in the in the, in the truck and he's like oh my god and my dad goes just call 911 because obviously like th- this kid is like you know this is not okay yeah and it wasn't the first time that he like fucked up and like this is where my dad hunts so it was like getting destroyed and like you know so cal starts dialing 911 and he and they pick up and then he gets scared and he hangs up right away all of a sudden Forrest is at my house, my other brother, and he's watching cartoons and all of a sudden he sees the cops drive up the driveway and he's like, what? 
and the cops come and they knock on the door and Forrest is like, what did I do? What did I do? You know, what did I do? Yeah, yeah, I was scared you know? little kid. They asked if my dad lived there and, and Forrest was young enough to be like, no, my parents are fucking divorced. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. he's lived here in a while. <laughs> and so he's like, okay, well, we got a call and it turns out it was like my brother's number, you know. They dealt with the situation and whatever, but basically get to school a couple days later and the rumor had gone around and everybody was saying, oh, like, it, it wasn't, it, he wasn't jerking off in his car. He was smoking a bong. And like all of us were like, no, he was fucking jerking off. <laughs> and then one of the kids that was friends with him, also a fucking scumbag. I'll tell you a story later. He wrote Sage is a slam pig on the bathroom wall because he was pissed off at my dad. That's, so what a nice guy. That's my Jimmy Mac story for you. I loved it. Love Thank the you. Glimpse. He's funny. He's got a lot of stories, that guy. Um, so why this episode is kind of near and dear to my heart is because I'm a kind of a wilderness girl. I went to school yeah. for environmental science. I, I, I like to go to tuna fishing. Yeah. Well, yeah, just about forestry, wildlife, fisheries mixed together, mashed up into one little natural resource degree that I am not using, but I wish I was sometimes. Um, but I also like hunt and I'm, I'm not proud to say that sometimes, but cause some people have mixed opinions about it, but I don't like that knowing that my, the cows that I eat come from, you know, abusive farms. So I guess it's okay that I hunt. Okay. Yeah. You eat everything. Oh, I oh, eat yeah, everything. Oh, we eat it all. So then, and I also like to fish mostly salt water and ice fishing. That's about it. But I'm not like a fucking country girl. Yeah, Nothing I, like that. We come from an outdoorsy family. Yeah. Sage is definitely more, way more outdoorsy than me. But I mean, I went to school at Paul Smith's College. I'm not which, afraid to get down and dirty. I'd like to give a shout out to Paul Smith's College because I did reach out to a lot of people that like are really excited. And we have stories coming in from people that I went to school with. And that is a school up in the Adirondacks in New York in the middle of nowhere. And they're going to be on future episodes for sure. Anyways, so I reached out on the New Hampshire deer hunting page, which I am a member of on Facebook. And I asked if anybody had any weird stories of things they saw in the woods. And boy, did a couple of people deliver. There was a lot of old men that saw like dead bodies or people having mm -hmm. threesomes. Um, there are two stories in particular that we were so obsessed with. So without further ado, here you go. I spent a brief time living in Rhode Island before moving up to New Hampshire about seven years ago. My wife and I took a walk in the woods near our house. About two miles into the woods, we came across this giant cage in the middle of nowhere. The nearest house was the one we were living in. It was about 15 feet tall and 10 feet wide and was rounded at the top, almost like a bird cage. It was made from thick metal, what seemed like solid steel. There was a door at the bottom, which was padlock closed. The creepiest part of it, at the very top of the cage, there was a section that was ripped open. What the fuck? All I can think of, though, Halloween decoration, but why would you put it out there? That's so... But and their house was the nearest steel? house to it. Plus, solid steel know, is creepy. I know. To this day, we think about that cage. What was kept in there? Why is it so deep in the woods with no houses around? Did something inside escape? And how did it rip or cut that solid metal? If someone helped get whatever was inside out, why didn't they just kick the lock off and open the door? What was able to escape through the opening 15 feet off the ground? Oh my God. Good luck with your podcast. All I can think of is Mothman. I love that. Yeah. That's so spooky. So I kind of have a weird little story. And I was hoping that I would get staircase stories. And I got one okay. sent to me. So, because pe some people see, like you find, you see stories on Reddit of people finding um, staircases in the middle of the woods, like either old foundations or just random staircases. So here's the story. 
I want to tell you about the disappearing staircase. It was truly wild and I have no explanation other than nature does some wild shit sometimes. It was around December of 2016, right before I moved up here, which I'm assuming is probably New Hampshire or around the area. My roommate and I wanted to go camping in North Georgia, so we planned to hike up the mountain. Camp overnight, watch the sunrise over the valley, and then hike back down. Easy peasy. So we hike up the trails that lead from the parking lot to the top of the mountain. There is one trail on the entire mountain, one parking lot, one trailhead, one way up and down the mountain. About halfway up, there was a rock staircase that was carved into the side of the mountain. On our right was a sheer cliff and our left a 30-foot rock wall, so there was no other way around it. We commented on how cute the carved stairs were and how high up we were, like certain death if you went over the edge. And then we kept going up the trail. We get to the top and set up camp. And then it got really cold and the weather changed and it started snowing. We were not about to camp in the snow. So after a few hours, we packed up and started heading back down in the dark. But it's okay because we have headlamps and flashlights and there are trail markers, so nothing to worry about. After a while of going down in the dark, we started wondering when we would get to the rock stairs because that was roughly halfway up. Okay. Felt like we had been going for a while and still no stairs weird so we keep going down the one and only single solitary trail that's clearly marked and impossible to miss keep going and i start to recognize more of my surroundings until i realize we have made it to the bottom already we are back in the parking lot but we never crossed the stairs on the way back so what the actual fuck happened It's literally not possible to go up or down without encountering them, but somehow we didn't. We asked other people that have hiked the trail and some park rangers and no one had any clue what we were talking about. They insist that there were never any stairs on that trail. So what the hell was that? I have no explanations. The whole thing was weird. People always tell me we may just have gone down a different trail, but there's only one. And if we went down on a different way, we would have been on the wrong side of the mountain or at a minimum, we wouldn't have come out of the same trailhead. No way we got lost. It's not possible. But those stairs were very real on the way up and very absent on the way down. It was so bizarre. I even went back and hiked that trail again, and it was not there. If I had been alone on the first time, it would have made me question my sanity. And I had never heard of the staircase phenomenon until after this happened, and I went looking for explanations. Isn't that weird? That is so weird. I don't even know what to think of that. Like, they vividly remember that. Like, Mm -hmm. they weren't dehydrated or anything. Like, Mm -hmm. they were going up. They were just starting it. It's weird. But like part of me was like, oh, wait, but it would only it would probably only snow at the top of the mountain. So they would have had to encounter the stairs because not that much snow would have fallen. I don't know, dude. Fucking unless they just went off a little bit for like a little tiny thing and they just didn't know if there was snow. nobody else knew it. I know. Fucking weird. Oh, that's true. Nobody else knew it. That's the weirdest part. Nobody heard of it. So these next two stories um, are really strange but they come from somebody that has a really cool blog um and it's about her life on the road in her adorable green van it's so cute so her blog is greenvango.com and her instagram where you can find the pictures and footage from these stories is at green.van.go um so here we go because she messaged me and they're pretty fucking good So the title of this one is called, Were Those Gunshots? While breaking down on a highway was scary in one way, this next story was scary in a different kind of way. 
the most anxiety-inducing way because you're not sure of others' intentions. One evening, I was exploring Salem, Oregon, without a campsite in mind. As the sun lowered in the sky, I checked iOverlander. I think it's an app. Okay. For any nearby spots. Nothing, except one listing way off in the woods, about a half-hour drive from where I was. The vibes throughout Salem were not great. I felt sketched out and decided I'd head to that remote spot, even though I didn't like how remote it looked. Nothing felt ideal at that point. Oh, my gosh. Driving there felt like a bad, scary movie scene. The roads got narrower, less maintained, and more enveloped by thick forest. The directions were telling me to go down what looked like someone's dirt driveway, which I did hesitantly while realizing the road opened up into a logging road. The road dramatically twist and turned down a steep hill, pitching me into darkness. And this is where I lost cell phone service. And we just fucking realized that the fucking AC was on again, guys. Can you go? And this is where I lost cell phone service. The road eventually plopped me onto this main drag, completely surrounded by thick forest on either side. At this point, the sun had set and it was very, very dark. I continued driving until I found the trailhead parking lot listed on iOverlander. There was a bathroom with bullet holes in the door of the woman's restroom and one other car at the opposite end of the lot. I thought to myself, well, I kind of really hate this, but I just drove pretty far to get here and it's too late to look elsewhere. No, <laughs> no way. Oh nope. my God, I'm already like, I'm swiveling in my chair now that I got swivel chair. Oh my God, I got the meat sweats. I settled in for the night, reassuring myself that darkness and lack of cell coverage didn't automatically mean murder death. But as I started drifting off to sleep around midnight, I heard the last thing I wanted to hear, a car pull in. Oh my God. I listened closely to evaluate with my ears as best as possible. I heard voices loudly talking and lots of doors opening and closing. Then I saw streaks of light pass through my window covers. That's when I got really freaked out. Oh my God. This is giving me a little I know. anxiety. I'm like, I'm like breathing heavy right now. Not that I wow. don't normally. This is amazing. Over the next hour, I peeked through my window cover and watched, I think, four different guys walk back and forth behind my van. Oh, my God. It seemed like they were constantly looking at my van because they were wearing headlamps that would shine through the window covers. They would yell, and one of them even started howling. What the fuck, dude? One minute, I think I was good because they'd walk into the woods, but then they'd circle back to their car, and I'd get scared. My palms are so clammy. I haven't read this story. Oh, my God, dude. I asked myself, Hillary, even if these guys head off into the woods for the night, will you be able to fall asleep? No. I would not. (laughs) Yeah, and I knew the answer was no. I needed to drive away, but I'd built it up so much in my head that I wondered, what if they followed me? Oh, my God. This is like, this is what she does. She writes blogs about this. This is crazy. Amazing. I'm loving it, though. I know. I just followed her on the pod. Love it. But the final straw came after about two hours of listening to them yell and blast their bad music because I heard gunshots. They'd gone into the woods to fire them. But once I realized they had guns, I lost any sense of safety provided by my van. So I waited for a brief moment where they'd all headed to the woods and booked it out of there at 2 a.m. Oh, my God. I drove about 20 minutes back up that deathly steep hill and the winding roads and into a little town. I posted up at a small park and didn't care if I was kicked out at that point. Oh, my God. I would I would have done the same thing. Oh, my God. I don't even care. Cops come. I Because I'll just tell you what happened. Yep. Oh, my God. There was a semi-truck there as well, so I figured I'd be good. That's when I learned to do a better job at trusting my instincts. The moment I had seen the listing of this place, I had uneasy feelings but wrote them off out of desperation. Never, never again. Holy shit. Sometimes that gut, though. Oh, it's it's real. The gut has saved me. Okay, so this next story is also by her. Oh, I so love So we this. know it's going to be so good. What's her name? Um, It's Hillary. Hold on. Hillary, you are my freaking girl. Hillary. 
We love you, Hillary. Oh my God, she's typing. She just sent me a message as I opened up. Oh my, my God, Hill. Oh my God, stop it. Okay, so I followed her on the pod, so everybody should go follow her. I'm going to combine two different incidents into one story because they happened so close together. While different experiences, they felt similar and related for some reason? Dot, 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 question mark. And the first one is more just odd than anything. A few weeks ago, my best friend from Salt Lake City came to join me on the road. After spending a few days on the Oregon coast, we decided to head to my favorite camping spot in Sisters, Oregon. We got a late start in the day, and by the time we arrived, it looked a lot creepier at night than I was hoping. I wanted to show her how cool the place was, but instead, we pull up to a dusty spot in the woods where there's a big circle with a pentagram in the middle drawn into the ground. Stop. There's a piece of a broomstick in the center of Mm. the pentagram. I love witchy shit. Mm, Me too, but ugh. It was almost a full moon as the moonlight slivered through the treetops down on us. So descriptive. I love her writing. Definitely set a creepy vibe. But after talking about it, we decided to just turn our music up really loudly as we sat around the campfire. campfire. Part of me wants to say we ended up having a ghoulish experience that night, but... Nothing happened. I've also since learned that witchcraft isn't inherently creepy. In fact, it's a practice to become more connected with earth, which that's like why I love it. I love it so much. It's not something to be feared. I love that she says that. Yeah. Because a lot of people are freaked out about it. But when you see it, you're like, okay, something's going on. You get a little paranoid. And then you learn about it and it's truly beautiful. Yeah. Okay. But I know I'm getting emotional. But it did make another experience I had a few days later feel that much stranger. Okay. My friend had gone back to Salt Lake City and I had worked my way to the somewhat random town of Terrebonne. I'm probably saying that wrong. Terrebonne. I'm going to say Terrebonne, Oregon. Another camp spot from iOverlander had directed me to a bunch of dispersed camping spots down dirt roads branching off from each other underneath power lines close to the highway. The place had mixed reviews. Some said it was nice and quiet. Others said it felt sketchy. I live on the power line, so. Oh, gosh. I pulled in at dusk, and as I continued past dry brush and very dusty roads, I also passed an abandoned hot tub, mattress, and all sorts of random trash. Oh, was Sheila there? It definitely didn't add to the safer, clean vibe, but I just kept going until the trash cleared. Okay. (laughs) I like that. Finally, I settled on a small pullout from a dirt road. Right after sunset, a car drives through and stops on the dirt road right next to the pullout. People are so sketchy. Yeah. People are so sketchy. Leave this girl alone. I know. I see people get out, put headlamps on, and start taking things out of their car. False alarm. They were just two campers that I believe did not see my van. Okay, I'm sorry. I... People are so sketchy. Okay. Because by the time their headlamps shone on my van, they got back in their car and drove away. But regardless, it's always a little eerie when people start showing up late at night. I was relieved when they drove away, but never scared. The next morning, I'm getting ready for the day, and I'm someone that has to be walking around while I brush my teeth. Same. I have ADHD. Actually, I was diagnosed with ADD, but now it's ADHD under one umbrella. Oh, get back. And while I'm brushing my teeth, I'm wandering around my campsite, and I see... A black trash bag. I walk over to it and I see a big bone protruding from it. Yeah. As I look more closely, I see more and more big bones. I oh lift the trash God. bag and see a total of about five bones. I'm like, what? 
Wishing I knew more about human anatomy and bones, I try to Google human bones yep, and match them. The yeah, exactly. Yep. Which we found a cow bone in my yard well, I have a couple months ago. I have a bone in my room right now that I don't know what it goes to. Okay, that's we'll terrifying. That okay. Maybe we'll post and someone can, can Yeah, let's fucking do it. it. I try to Google human bones and match them to what I'm seeing. Nothing jumps out at me. But I decide I should alert local authorities anyways. So I end up reporting it to the police and they send two officers to the location. I meet them on the side of the highway and guide them through the maze of dirt roads. After a quick glance, they inform me that these bones are... Drum roll, please. Dear Bones. (laughs) I love it. Ha! If you want to see the live action feed of me discovering the bones and learning where they're from, catch it on my Instagram at green.van.go. I got to keep plugging it because it's fabulous. Yeah. Um, and my highlight's real. Feeling a little silly, I told them I'd rather be safe than sorry, and they thanked me. Then following it up by telling me they had another call that morning reporting bones and that they definitely do sound like human remains. I decided that was my cue to leave that town. Yeah, I'd get out of there too. Bravo. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit, so good. What a, What an amazing writer. I can't. It was amazing. Thank you for like sending those to me. Those were just fucking awesome. And then we're going to, she has another one on there that we'll do at another time too. So this is our last story. It's about someone's experience doing wilderness therapy. And like I had never, I mean, I knew what it was, but I had never like known details of like, I've never met anybody that's done wilderness therapy. Right. I know some people. Well, now I do. I went to wilderness therapy when I was 14 years old. My mom had been looking at alternative therapies for me instead of basically going to a mental hospital. Wow. I had already been in three different psych wards and I needed help. When she asked if this is something I would like to try, I said to her, looks scary, but I'll try it. This specific one was located in Georgia and I was gone from September to December with a total of 64 days right around nine weeks. It was located in the mountains and just because it was in Georgia doesn't mean it didn't get cold. We had to take a three-hour drive from the base of the mountain to our campsite. Since it was a mountain, sometimes it would even snow. It rained for basically five out of the nine weeks that I was there. We would have to wring out the sleeping bags and dry them out. It was always soaked and super muddy and just shitty. I hate that. So, on the first day, my mom and I boarded an airplane to Atlanta, and then we had two people meet us for transport. When you first get to base, they strip you of all your clothing. They strip you of everything you own, and they put it in, like, a bye-bye box, basically. Whoa. Yeah. You have to squat and do all that prison shit. No. She's 14 years old. Oh. And I know this person now, and, like, I love her so much. We She's both an know. angel. Yeah. Then they give you a backpack with two sets of clothes, some hiking boots, Crocs, oh. a blue tarp, sleeping bag, a sleeping pad, and off you go. You get in the car, you don't know where you're going, and three and a half hours later, you're at your destination. When I finally get there, it's dark and pouring rain. Oh my god. It was basically a group of 13 delinquent girls standing underneath what we called Big Blue, a massive blue tarp attached to a bunch of trees, like a living room tent type area. I walked past a clothing line that they were drying out clothes and other things, and I almost threw up from the stench. It was disgusting. You don't get to wash your clothes all the time, maybe once a week. When you first get there, you cannot talk with any of the girls. You have to complete phases to be able to get to the next thing. Oh, my God. I just can't even, like, I'm like, I'm 14. My jaws drop. That's all I keep thinking about how young she is. 
They give you a pamphlet of stuff that you have to get done. So I had about six or seven assignments before I could get out of isolation. I had to do a bunch of weird therapy questions and diagrams. What the fuck? There are four phases you had to complete. Earth, water, fire, air. What? Mm -hmm. And basically when you were done with those four phases, you could leave, but that does that's not how it always worked out you yeah. know that was like the main goal but that's not what happened there was different criteria for each thing in each phase you move up you can get a reward you could earn them for cleaning up in 10 minutes doing a task in a short amount of time getting a hike done or just being quiet one big reward was a blow-up mattress what so you sleep under a blue tarp by yourself unless you are on suicide or run watch which we called being tarped oh my god this is I just want to say to her, like, this is so insane. Mm -hmm. I know. And she is such a special girl. Like, I love her. She and is. so this is just like, wow. That's a, you got to be a tough girl to do that. I know. Wow. Tough person in general to do that. I couldn't do that at my age now. Fuck no. Definitely not at 14. No. When you get there on the first night, you get tarped. You have two staff on either side of the tarp, and you are rolled into this tarp with staff on both sides of you tucked underneath. The tarp? You're rolled in the tarp? Rolled into, they roll you up, and then they tuck the tarp underneath them. What? It's really rough. You are stuck like that until the next morning when a staff member wakes up. I had a panic attack and was like, you can't do this to me. You can't roll me up like a dead body. That's what it felt like. You are completely incapable of moving. What the fuck? So the next morning I woke up and for breakfast it was granola on oats. Every fucking morning we would eat granola on oats. I fucking hated it and haven't eaten them since. I probably wouldn't even eat them anymore. Mm. For lunch we would do personal food in our own bags. We had ramen but couldn't cook it so it had to be dry unless we earned a reward for hot water. <sighs> packaged tuna, packaged salmon, packaged chicken. I think I actually liked the packaged tuna when I was there and I hate tuna. I love tuna. I do like it. Yeah we know. Tortillas and peanut butter and some rice cakes. For dinner, we would have Wacky Mac. Sounds gross, I know. It's bow tie macaroni that is a vegetable kind and discolored. What? Yeah. We would take a big block of cheddar cheese and some broccoli and a bunch of dirt and eat. A bunch of dirt? <laughs> That's what she said. Oh my God. We had deliveries on Wednesdays and Fridays. Specifically, we would get meat. Every Wednesday, we knew we would get bacon. On Fridays, we could get steak, chicken, or pork chops. Oh, that's you get steak? Yeah. We would have to cook everything ourselves and on a fire that we had to make with no lighter or match. No. Okay, yep. that's the fucking catch. Oh yeah. God. We would have to start it up with a bow and a piece of wood. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, at least they give you a steak. And now I'm like, oh, now you got to make your own fucking fire like you're fucking naked and afraid. Tough girl, I'll tell you. Other things I had to learn were tying a lot of knots. We had to learn how to do bear hangs, where we would have to throw a rope over a tree so that bears wouldn't get the food. We had to do this weird thing that takes a lot of effort just to swing the bags up because they are extremely heavy. Wow. One day when we were doing a bear hang, which all together the bags you use to hang stuff is over 500 pounds. This girl that had bipolar tried to kill herself by attempting to run under all the bags as they were being dropped to the ground. Oh. The staff thankfully got her in time, but I thought she was going to die for a second and I was going to watch her be crushed. Oh my god. There were also spiders and rattlesnakes. It wasn't all the time, but we would move campsites. We would never stay in the same spot for more than two to three days. We needed to leave no trace and wanted a lower impact on the environment. Which I get it. That's, yeah. Yeah. So we went to the bamboo forest. Who would have thought of a bamboo forest in the middle of Georgia? But... Spiders would like to hide in the bamboo shoes. Oh, my God. Spiders the size of tennis balls. Oh it God. was terrifying. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
Sometimes girls would break legs or other things and they would get transported. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. You would get your cast on and would come right back. No, mm-hmm. I, I am like. Just wait. I can't even handle it. We would move campsites right after things would happen. Girls would even purposely try to break bones or get injured just to get out. And I'm not going to lie. In the beginning, it was so rough. I contemplated breaking my own leg, thinking that maybe it would get me home. But I realized that it would not. I can vividly close my eyes and picture the spot that I planned on tripping over a stump and breaking my own leg. I never showered in the 64 days I was there. They called them a billy bath, where you would take a bag or bucket of water and hang it up above the tree, and you would wash your tits, pits, and bits. What the fuck? (laughs) I love that, though. Tits, pits, and bits. I like that, though. We did have some soap, but we had to do it right in the open, and I hated that. Remember, 14. Mm -hmm. We also did not have a clue of the time, when we were leaving, how long we would be doing something. And parents could come to therapy sessions, but we would never know when they were coming. Mine never came. A therapist would come like two to three times a week, but most of it was self-reflection. Lots of journaling and meditation. The staff ratio was about one staff to three delinquents. There were two therapists for the entire group, and we were split in half. I absolutely loved my therapist. One group was all around a lot more crazier and would definitely cause more issues within the whole campsite. Mm-hmm. A lot of the girls did not know they were going. In the therapy community, we call it getting gooned. And essentially, the parents hire big scary men to come kidnap you against your will, but with your parents' consent in the middle of the night. I've heard. I know I've somebody. I've heard of that too, yeah. I know somebody that, that Most happened. of these girls would try to run away in the woods and there's nowhere to go insane one time we got a new girl and she asked another girl to run away with her the staff found the letter and she thought the other girl had snitched on her even though the staff saw it so she started to fight the other girl the staff broke them up and had to restrain the new girl that didn't happen all that much but sometimes there would have to be restraints there was this one crazy russian girl basically everything she told me was a lie something was very wrong with her i would wake up and see her banging her head on a birch tree just to get attention one morning, I was on chef duty making granola and oats. Yeah. <laughs> she was one of those girls who claimed she was gluten-free, vegan, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you name it, she had it. I am a vegan now, but this was when I was anti-vegan. <laughs> so she comes up and asks for granola and oats. The sassy bitch that I am tells her that this is not gluten-free or vegan. <laughs> she tried arguing with me, and I told her I had read the packaging, and if she truly was, she wouldn't be able to eat this. So she gets so mad, she throws a metal bowl directly at my head, and after that, she got escorted out of the group, which when that happens, you basically go into timeout for an hour. She had to, like, sit alone in the woods away from the group. Oh, my God. There was also this really, really sad girl. She reminded me of a sad cartoon character, just resembled sadness. I don't know how to explain it, but I have never met anyone sadder in my life. Sadness just followed her aura. Oh, my God. I know, right? Another girl who was 14, she was really funny and super sweet. But when she didn't like you or she got mad, it would be bad. One day, her dad came and visited. When parents visited, they could bring a snack to share, but they had to share it with everybody. It could be like muffins or Krispy Kreme donuts. But we were obsessed with these glazed donuts from the local grocery store. So we would all tell our therapist, like hinting, if our parents are coming, we want those glazed donuts from the grocery store. So her dad brings the donuts, and then they go off for a walk in the woods. When the parents come, sometimes they can go for a walk in the woods with yep. the, alone with their yep. child. So her dad secretly gave her two Egg McMuffins, one for her and one for me. Oh, my God. And that was a big <gasps> no-no. What? Our therapist ended up finding out, even though she didn't get mad, she actually kind of laughed. But then, as an entire group, we were not allowed to have outside food for a long time. We called it the Egg McMuffin Curse. Oh. 
my god. One time, this same girl stole a block of cheese and ate the entire thing in one night. <laughs> Is that me? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> if I can do that. And when I say cheese, I mean like an entire wheel of cheddar cheese. So she stole it and brought it into her wiggy, what we call a sleeping bag. That. I'm gonna, That's all I'm going to call know, it from I now I know, on. yeah. And then when we went to make our wacky mac, we couldn't. They put her on cheese ban for a month, and then she snuck it again and lost cheese for two more weeks. <laughs> so bad cheese ban. cheese ban. Somebody better put me on a fucking cheese ban because I'm fucking Not lactose I'm tolerant. Keto. I got fucking IBS. <laughs> yeah, it's like the complete opposite for us. Yeah. Right? but I I'll said, eat all your cheese. I'll take your cheese no, off I, your pizza. I eat cheese. No, I, I know you do. <laughs> I love it. Anyways, it was scary most of the time, especially at night. But one of my scariest, but also my favorite moments was when you had to do a week in isolation. It was very scary because I was all alone, but also amazing at the same time. So we would go and do solo stays where you go and stay away from the group. Everyone is separated far enough where you can't see anyone. The staff would come and they would just drop dinner off. Everything else we had to do all on our own. Wow. It was one week of meditation, self-realization, writing, reading, and school things. We made our own fire, lunch, and even fetched our own water. At night, you couldn't even see other people's fires. Before we started this day, we had to dig a lat or latrine, which is just a hole in the ground. It was like a cat hole you shit in. Yep. And we all shared that while we were in the week of isolation. It was like the center of it all. We could pee wherever we wanted, but we all would shit in the same hole. Oh my God. Yeah. So I did what you're not supposed to do. I never pooped in the hole because I wouldn't want to shit over other people's shit. (sighs) I would take my poops on the ground and cover or dig a small hole and then cover it back up. Anyways, I had diarrhea for the first two days of it. And I had diarrhea all over my campsite. Oh, my God. And I was stuck there for the rest of the week. And (laughs) I was stuck in the same spot with no other trees to use. It smelled so fucking bad and was so disgusting. It was just awful. (laughs) So there was a second isolation. I love how it just ends there. It's like next topic. So there was a second isolation. The first one was more of a growth, and believe it or not, it was a reward to be alone. But the second one, I put us in it. I was so fed up with the group and needed to go into isolation by myself or I was about to explode because no one would pick up after themselves. In order to get back into the group, you have to make a fire. This was near the end of my time, and my therapist was leaving as well. I was her last patient left out of the group who I had started with. It's rolling admissions, so girls would leave and new girls would come. At this point, I was getting really sick of all the drama and all the crazy bullshit these girls would cause. They would constantly be pushing buttons. I started to resent the group. My therapist started to think it was my time to leave as well. So when she found out about this story, she was pissed. Oh, God. Someone took a shit on the ground, and I can promise you it was not me. I would always cover my shit and make sure it was hidden. (sighs) But someone took this shit right in the middle of the open, like next to the lat, and no one would fess up. So the entire group had to dig a hole for this shit, and they made us all put someone else's feces into this hole as a group effort. My therapist was a germaphobe, so when I told her that, she freaked out. And fuck the bitch who watched us all pick up her shit. At this point, I had been there for a while, and I was so over it. Some of these girls were stuck there because they had nowhere to go, no housing or people to take them in, and it was very sad. Now on to my favorite moment ever. Then one day, I'm sitting in the pouring rain eating. It was December, and I saw a Helly Hansen rain jacket, and I knew my mom had that. Oh, my God. So I ran out, but it was raining so bad I couldn't really tell. 
I was eating my chicken tortilla with my packaged chicken, and I remember the chicken juice dropping down my hand to my wrist and down my arm out the bottom of the tortilla, and I was wearing wool socks. So nasty. Yeah. And then I realized it really was her. I just ran to her. I was so happy. When my mom came, we were in second isolation, so she only got to meet two to four girls, and we didn't really get to do a group therapy session. I was kind of sad about that. She stayed the night with me, and we got up in the morning to leave. We went back to base, and I gathered all my belongings. I got to take a five-minute shower, and I had so much dirt on me, it basically did nothing. So I got out of Georgia, and I found out I'm going to boarding school in Montana. (gasps) Which, honestly, at first, I was fine with. We are on our way, on a plane, in the air, to Montana, and my mom says, I don't want you to go to boarding school. You are coming home. But that's another story for another day. I did finally get to shower when we got to our hotel in Montana. Best feeling ever. Oh, that makes me want to cry. She got out of there. Ugh. I know, and now we know where she is now. So. Oh, my God. She's in good hands now. Yeah, our hands. I don't know if that's so good. Uh, <laughs> All right. I need my question. I question. All right, you go first. Okay. My first questionable question, Kaylee, is what's one weird belief you used to have when you were a kid? (laughs) Like, probably Santa Claus. It's so weird. Like, how did we even believe that? I don't know. We just all did. It's like, I I mean, I know we talked about it last episode, but come on. Like, how did we? I mean, all those things that our parents just, it's crazy. Everybody. You want to hear mine? Yeah, of course. I'm a little scared to Why? tell you. It's very weird. What is it's it? It's very specific. Okay. So you know like when you're driving and you're listening to like your radio? Yeah. Okay, you listen to music. And you know like the speakers on your car door mm-hmm. that are like circular or whatever? You know, the, the big speakers? Yeah. My mom used to have like a – in like when I was really, really little, like little, like little, little, she used to have a Honda CRV. Like an old school Honda CRV, okay. and I it had big slits like in the speaker. I used to stick my fingers in the slits of the, the car speaker, and I always thought in my mind that the people in the radio station when they're recording could see my fingers through a vent in the room they're recording. Stop! In. I can't. Like it was like a weird little like that is so ridiculous. Weird like time space continuum weird fucking glitch in the matrix yeah shit that, that i believe rather bizarre i think about it still today but like obviously like that's not that's not true but as a little kid i was like this is the speaker where the noise comes out of so they must be able to see my fingers if i stick them through yeah, my I little grubby fingers out there has that same isn't thing. that weird that is weird <laughs> okay so my question are you ready for it yeah what do you think happened with the cage okay the cage okay Your theories so honestly, like I want it to be weird and I want it to be like, I want it to be supernatural. I do or something like a bear. I mean, I don't really want it to be a bear, but it's like a bird cage. All I can think of is like a fair or like something that was something from behind. like a fair. Yeah. I don't know. But why it's is so there something random. ripped out of the top of it? Yeah. The top. And it's and steel. Tall. Yeah. So what could have opened that? Well, the, that's what brings me to my next thing is, is it like an attraction? Like it was like a, like a Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the, it's in but the, the middle me- of the woods. Yeah. But did no somebody houses. ditch it there? I don't know. But the thing that fucking scares me is it's steel. Like it's yeah. hard metal. Yeah. And, and I think like Halloween attractions, you're going to, you're not going to get the fucking hard steel cage. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. I, I, I just, the whole top part, 
I would like to think if it's like shaped like a bird cage, maybe it was like an old like Jurassic Park like I don't prop, and someone like bought it. Was like I want to put it out in the middle of the woods just to fuck with people. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well that's why it's a or questionable it's, question. Or it's like an art piece. Yeah, fucking in the middle creepy. Of the woods. I don't yeah. know. That is questionable for sure. So one thing I want to mention though is that I want to start hearing questions that you guys might ask your friends send them in to us we'll ask each other if you have good answers for some of the questionable questions that we've done send them in to us because maybe we'll do a little something read your guys's responses to questionable questions yep um if you have any really good facts that you are like, this is crazy, you guys will love it. If you think we'll like it, send it. Whether it's a fact, a question, a topic, right. idea. If you don't even – whatever you want to send us that you think would be perfect for this. I mean, we did Amazon reviews last week. We can go right. anywhere with this. We can do whatever we want. So what? Who cares? You know? And and we want you to feel like you're with us. Yeah. You know, we want you to feel like you're right here next to us. We changed the setup today, though. It's very cute. It is. As always, you can send your stories. They can be anything. You know, we say we tell you every week. I don't know why you haven't gotten the fucking picture yet. It could be literally anything. Um, and send those stories to so what who cares pod at gmail.com. We are also on Instagram at so what who cares pod and Facebook. We do have Facebook. It's so what it's who whatever. cares with it's, two question marks. It's basically like we didn't like the question mark at the end because you know what? We don't care, so it's not a question. It's yeah. like this is a this is a statement. So yeah. what? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, who cares? This who is cares? not a question. It's who it. Cares? Who cares? We care. That's all it. It ends with us. We we care about your stories. You send them in. And the last part is that like, hey, why don't you just like give us a review or a rating? Like it takes two oh, seconds. God, here we go. It takes two seconds. You can give yourself a little alter ego name. You know, whatever. Don't say bad things, okay? Just keep it positive, all right? We're trying, listen, we're trying to get out of fucking New Hampshire, okay? Help us out. I'm just kidding. I'm really not trying love, to leave. I love living here. We're living here forever, but at least help a girl out, girls. Help a girl's out. Help, help your girls help. out. How about, yeah, help your girls out, okay? Yeah. Anyways. So what? Who cares? We, we don't. don't. I always fucking hate that, but I also secretly love how tacky it is. This episode is brought to you in part by Graphics by Cassidy Cole. <laughs> that was a little seductive. Cassidy, if you're listening. <laughs> what? Billy goats urinate on their own heads to smell more attractive to females. Stop.